Investigative Technique On October 7, 2016, WikiLeaks released the first emails stolen from the Podesta email account. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something, you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you hit. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. You wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts for Stitcher Smart Radio. Potable and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In total, WikiLeaks released 33 tranches of stolen emails between October 7, 2016 and November 7, 2016. The releases included private speeches given by Clinton, internal communications between Podesta and other high-ranking members of the Clinton campaign, and correspondence related to the Clinton Foundation in total. WikiLeaks released over 50,000 documents stolen from Podesta's personal email account. The last-in-time email released from Podesta's account was dated March 21, 2016, two days after Podesta received a spearfishing email sent by the GRU. D. WikiLeaks statements dissembling about the source of stolen materials. As reports attributing the DNC and DCCC hacks to the Russian government emerged, WikiLeaks and Assange made several public statements apparently designed to obscure the source of the materials that WikiLeaks was releasing. The file transfer evidence described above and other information uncovered during the investigation discredit WikiLeaks's claims about the source of material that it posted. Beginning in the summer of 2016, Assange and WikiLeaks made a number of statements about Seth Rich, a former DNC staff member who was killed in July 2016. The statements about Rich implied falsely that he had been the source of the stolen DNC emails. 
On August 9, 2016, the at WikiLeaks Twitter account posted, announce, WikiLeaks has decided to issue a $20,000 reward for information leading to conviction for the murder of DNC staffer Seth Rich.180 Likewise, on August 25, 2016, Assange was asked in an interview, why are you so interested in Seth Rich's killer? And responded, we're very interested in anything that might be a threat to alleged WikiLeaks sources. The interviewer responded to Assange's statement by commenting, I know you don't want to reveal your source, but it certainly sounds like you're suggesting a man who leaked information to WikiLeaks was then murdered. Assange replied, if there's someone who's potentially connected to our publication, and that person has been murdered in suspicious circumstances, it doesn't necessarily mean that the two are connected. But it is a very serious matter, that type of allegation is very serious, as it's taken very seriously by us. After the U.S. intelligence community publicly announced its assessment that Russia was behind the hacking operation, Assange continued to deny that the Clinton materials released by WikiLeaks had come from Russian hacking. According to media reports, Assange told a U.S. congressman that the DNC hack was an inside job, and purported to have physical proof that Russians did not give materials to Assange. C. Additional GRU Cyber Operations while releasing the stolen emails and documents through DC Leaks, Guccifer 2.0, and WikiLeaks, GRU officers continued to target and hack victims linked to the Democratic campaign and, eventually, to target entities responsible for election administration in several states. 1. Summer and Fall 2016 Operations Targeting Democrat-Linked D-Victims on July 27, 2016, Unit 26165 targeted email accounts connected to candidate Clinton's personal office. Earlier that day, candidate Trump made public statements that included the following, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. The 30,000 emails were apparently a reference to emails described in media accounts as having been stored on a personal server that candidate Clinton had used while serving as Secretary of State. Within approximately five hours of Trump's statement, GRU officers targeted for the first time Clinton's personal office. After candidate Trump's remarks, Unit 26165 created and sent malicious links targeting 15 email accounts at the domain including an email account belonging to Clinton aide the investigation did not find evidence of earlier GRU attempts to compromise accounts hosted on this domain. It is unclear how the GRU was able to identify these email accounts, which were not public. Unit 26165 officers also hacked into a DNC account hosted on a cloud computing service on September 20, 2016. The GRU began to generate copies of the DNC data databases referred to function designed to allow users to produce backups of as snapshots. The GRU then stole those snapshots by moving them to the account that they controlled. From there, the copies were moved to GRU-controlled computers. The GRU stole approximately 300 gigabytes of data from the DNC cloud-based account. 2. Intrusions targeting the administration of U.S. elections. In addition to targeting individuals involved in the Clinton campaign, GRU officers also targeted individuals and entities involved in the administration of the elections. 
Victims included U.S. state and local entities, such as state boards of elections SBOEs, secretaries of state, and county governments, as well as individuals who worked for those entities. The GRU also targeted private technology firms responsible for manufacturing and administering election-related software and hardware, such as voter registration software and electronic polling stations. The GRU continued to target these victims through the elections in November 2016. While the investigation identified evidence that the GRU targeted these individuals and entities, the office did not investigate further. The office did not, for instance, obtain or examine servers or other relevant items belonging to these victims. The office understands that the FBI, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and the states have separately investigated that activity. By at least the summer of 2016, GRU officers sought access to state and local computer networks by exploiting known software vulnerabilities on websites of state and local governmental entities. GRU officers, for example, targeted state and local databases of registered voters using a technique known as SQL injection, by which malicious code was sent to the state or local website in order to run commands such as exfiltrating the database contents. In one instance in approximately June 2016, the GRU compromised the computer network of the Illinois State Board of Elections by exploiting a vulnerability in the SBOE's website. The GRU then gained access to a database containing information on millions of registered Illinois voters, and extracted data related to thousands of U.S. voters before the malicious activity was identified. GRU officers' investigative technique scans state and local websites for, for vulnerabilities on websites of more than redacted. Unit 74455 also sent spear phishing emails to public officials involved in election administration and personnel involved in voting technology. In August 2016, GRU officers targeted employees of a voting technology company that developed software used by numerous U.S. counties to manage voter rolls and installed malware on the company network. Similarly, in November 2016, the GRU sent spear phishing emails to over 120 email accounts used by Florida County officials responsible for administering the 2016 U.S. election. The spear phishing emails contained an attached Word document coded with malicious software commonly referred to as a Trojan that permitted the GRU to access the infected computer. The FBI was separately responsible for this investigation. We understand the FBI believes that this operation enabled the GRU to gain access to the network of at least one Florida county government. The office did not independently verify that belief and, as explained above, did not undertake the investigative steps that would have been necessary to do so. D. Trump Campaign and the Dissemination of Hacked Materials 1. A. Background Redacted B. Contacts with the campaign about WikiLeaks. Harm to ongoing matter Harm to ongoing matter. Redacted. Michael Cohen, former executive vice president of the Trump Organization and special redacted. In November 2018, Cohen pleaded guilty pursuant to a plea agreement to a single-count information charging him with making false statements to Congress, in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section L.U.L.A. and C.
He had previously pleaded guilty to several other criminal charges brought by the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York, after a referral from this office. In the months leading up to his false statements guilty plea, Cohen met with our office on multiple occasions for interviews and provided information that the office has generally assessed to be reliable and that is included in this report. Redacted Developments with WikiLeaks and separately told Gates to keep in touch him about future WikiLeaks releases. According to Gates, by the late summer of 2016, the Trump campaign was planning a press strategy, a communications end, and messaging based on the possible release of Clinton emails. C. According to Malik, Corsi asked him to put Corsi in touch with Assange, whom Corsi wished to interview. Malik recalled that Corsi also suggested that individuals in the orbit of UK politician Nigel Farage might be able to contact Assange and asked if Malik knew them. Malik told Corsi that he would think about the request but made no actual attempt to connect Corsi with Assange. Malik stated to investigators that beginning in or about OS 2016, he and Corsi had multiple FaceTime discussions about WikiLeaks, Redacted had made a connection to Assange and that the hacked emails of John Podesta would be released prior to election day and would be helpful to the Trump campaign. In one conversation in or around August or September 2016, Corsi told Malik that the release of the Podesta emails was coming, after which we were going to be in the driver's seat. D. WikiLeaks's October 7, 2016 release of stolen Podesta emails. On October 7, 2016, four days after the Assange press conference, the Washington Post published an Access Hollywood video that captured comments by candidate Trump some years earlier and that was expected to adversely affect the campaign. Less than an hour after the video's publication, WikiLeaks released the first set of emails stolen by the GRU from the account of Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. Corsi said that, because he had no direct means of communicating with WikiLeaks, he told members of the news site WND who were participating on a conference call with him that day to reach Assange immediately. Corsi claimed that the pressure was enormous and recalled telling the conference call the Access Hollywood tape was coming. Corsi stated that he was convinced that his efforts had caused WikiLeaks to release the emails when they did. In a later November 2018 interview, Corsi stated that he thought that he had told people on a WND conference call about the forthcoming tape and had sent out a tweet asking whether anyone could contact Assange, but then said that maybe he had done nothing. The office investigated Corsi's allegations about the events of October 7, little corroboration for his allegations about the day. However, the phone records themselves do not indicate that the conversation was with any of the reporters who broke the Access Hollywood story, and the office has not otherwise been able to identify the substance of the conversation. However, the office has not identified any conference call participant, or anyone who spoke to Corsi that day, who says that they received non-public information about the tape from Corsi or acknowledged having contacted a member of WikiLeaks on October 7, 2016 after a conversation with Corsi. E. Donald Trump Jr. Interaction with WikiLeaks Donald Trump Jr. had direct electronic communications with WikiLeaks during the campaign period. On September 20, 2016, an individual named Jason Fishbein sent WikiLeaks the password for an unlaunched website focused on Trump's unprecedented and dangerous ties to Russia, PutinTrump.org. 
WikiLeaks publicly tweeted, Let's bomb Iraq progress for America PAC to launch PutinTrump.org at 9.30 a.m. Oops PW is PutinTrump PutinTrump.org. Several hours later, WikiLeaks sent a Twitter direct message to Donald Trump Jr., a PAC-run anti-Trump site PutinTrump.org is about to launch. The PAC is a recycled pro-Iraq war PAC. We have guessed the password. It is a Trump, see about for who is behind it. Any comments? Several hours later, Trump Jr. emailed a variety of senior campaign staff. Guys I got a weird Twitter DM from WikiLeaks. See below. I tried the password and it works and the about section they reference contains the next pie in terms of who is behind it. Not sure if this is anything but it seems like it's really WikiLeaks asking me as I follow them and it is a DM. Do you know the people mentioned and what the conspiracy they're looking for could be? These are just screenshots but it's a fully built out page claiming to be a pack let me know your thoughts and if we want to look into it. Trump Jr. attached a screenshot of the about page for the unlaunched site PutinTrump.org. The next day after the website had launched publicly, Trump Jr. sent a direct message to WikiLeaks, off the record, I don't know who that is but I'll ask around. Thanks. On October 3, 2016, WikiLeaks sent another direct message to Trump Jr., asking you guys to help disseminate a link alleging candidate Clinton had advocated using a drone to target Julian Assange. Trump Jr. responded that he already had done so, and asked, what's behind this Wednesday leak I keep reading about? WikiLeaks did not respond. On October 12, 2016, WikiLeaks wrote again that it was great to see you and your dad talking about our publications. Strongly suggest your dad tweets this link if he mentions us wlsearch.tk. WikiLeaks wrote that the link would help Trump in digging through leaked emails and stated, we just released Podesta emails part 4. Two days later, Trump Jr. publicly tweeted the wlsearch.tk link. 2. Other potential campaign interest in Russian hacked materials. Throughout 2016, the Trump campaign expressed interest in Hillary Clinton's private email server and whether approximately 30,000 emails from that server had in fact been permanently destroyed, as reported by the media. Several individuals associated with the campaign were contacted in 2016 about various efforts to obtain the missing Clinton emails and other stolen material in support of the Trump campaign. Some of these contacts were met with escapticism, and nothing came of them, others were pursued to some degree. The investigation did not find evidence that the Trump campaign recovered any SCH Clinton emails, or that these contacts were part of a coordinated effort between Russia and the Trump campaign. A. Henry Okniansky aka Henry Greenberg in the spring of 2016, Trump campaign advisor Michael Caputo learned through a Florida-based Russian business partner that another Florida-based Russian, Henry Okniansky who also went by the name Henry Greenberg, claimed to have information pertaining to Hillary Clinton. Caputo notified Roger Stone and brokered communication between Stone and Okniansky. Okniansky and Stone set up a May 2016 in-person meeting. Okniansky was accompanied to the meeting by Alexei Razin, a Ukrainian associate involved in Florida real estate. At the meeting, Razin offered to sell Stone derogatory information on Clinton that Razin claimed to have obtained while working for Clinton. Razin claimed to possess financial statements demonstrating Clinton's involvement in money laundering with Razin's companies.
According to Okniansky, Stone asked if the amounts in question totaled millions of dollars but was told it was closer to hundreds of thousands. Stone refused the offer, stating that Trump would not pay for opposition research. Okniansky claimed to the office that Raisin's motivation was financial. According to Okniansky, Raisin had tried unsuccessfully to shop the Clinton information around to other interested parties, and Okniansky would receive a cut if the information was sold. Raisin is noted in public source documents as the director and or registered agent for a number of Florida companies, none of which appears to be connected to Clinton. The office found no other evidence that Raisin worked for Clinton or any Clinton-related entities. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. In their statements to investigators, Okniansky and Caputo had contradictory recollections about the meeting. Okniansky claimed that Caputo accompanied Stone to the meeting and provided an introduction, whereas Caputo did not tell us that he had attended and claimed that he was never told what information Okniansky offered. Caputo also stated that he was unaware Okniansky sought to be paid for the information until Stone informed him after the fact. The office did not locate Raisin in the United States, although the office confirmed Raisin had been issued a Florida driver's license. The office otherwise was unable to determine the content and origin of the information he purportedly offered to Stone. Finally, the investigation did not identify evidence of a connection between the outreach or the meeting and Russian interference efforts. B. Campaign efforts to obtain deleted Clinton emails. After candidate Trump stated on July 27, 2016, that he hoped Russia would find the 30,000 emails that are missing, Trump asked individuals affiliated with his campaign to find the deleted Clinton emails. Michael Flynn, who would later serve as national security advisor in the Trump administration, recalled that Trump made this request repeatedly, and Flynn subsequently contacted multiple people in an effort to obtain the emails. Barbara Ledeen and Peter Smith were among the people contacted by Flynn. Ledeen, a longtime Senate staffer who had previously sought the Clinton emails, provided updates to Flynn about her FO1TS throughout the summer of 2016. Smith, an investment advisor who was active in Republican politics, also attempted to locate and obtain the deleted Clinton emails. Ledeen began her efforts to obtain the Clinton emails before Flynn's request, as early as December 2015. On December 3, 2015, she emailed Smith a proposal to obtain the emails, stating, Here is the proposal I briefly mentioned to you. The person I described to you would be happy to talk with you either in person or over the phone. The person can get the emails which one were classified and two were purloined by our enemies. That would demonstrate what needs to be demonstrated. Attached to the email was a 25-page proposal stating that the Clinton email server was, in all likelihood, breached long ago, and that the Chinese, Russian, and Iranian intelligence services could reassemble the server's email content. The proposal called for a three-phase approach. The first two phases consisted of open-source analysis. The third phase consisted of checking with certain intelligence sources that have access through liaison work with various foreign services to determine if any of those services had gotten to the server. The proposal noted, even if a single email was recovered and the providence sick of that email was a foreign service, it would be catastrophic to the Clinton campaign. Smith forwarded the email to two colleagues and
wrote, we can discuss to whom it should be referred. On December 16, 2015, Smith informed Ladine that he declined to participate in her initiative. According to one of Smith's business associates, Smith believed Ladine's initiative was not viable at that time. Just weeks after Trump's July 2016 request to find the Clinton emails, however, Smith tried to locate and obtain the emails himself. He created a company, raised tens of thousands of dollars, and recruited security experts and business associates. Smith made claims to others involved in the effort and those from whom he sought funding that he was in contact with hackers with ties and affiliations to Russia who had access to the emails, and that his efforts were coordinated with the Trump campaign. On August 28, 2016, Smith sent an email from an encrypted account with the subject SEC. Clinton's unsecured private email server to an undisclosed list of recipients, including campaign co-chairman Sam Clovis. The email stated that Smith was oust finishing two days of sensitive meetings here in D.C. with involved groups to poke and probe on the above. It is clear that the Clinton's home-based, unprotected server was hacked with ease by both state-related players and private mercenaries. Parties with varying interests are circling to release ahead of the election. On September 2, 2016, Smith directed a business associate to establish KLS Research LLC in furtherance of his search for the deleted Clinton emails. One of the purposes of KLS Research was to manage the funds Smith raised in support of his initiative. KLS Research received over $30,000 during the presidential campaign, although Smith represented that he raised even more money. Smith recruited multiple people for his initiative, including security experts to search for and authenticate the emails in early September 2016. As part of his recruitment and fundraising effort, Smith circulated a document stating that his initiative was in coordination with the Trump campaign, to the extent permitted as an independent expenditure organization. The document listed multiple individuals affiliated with the Trump campaign, including Flynn, Clovis, Bannon and Kellyanne Conway. The investigation established that Smith communicated with at least Flynn and Clovis about his search for the deleted Clinton emails, but the office did not identify evidence that any of the listed individuals initiated or directed Smith's efforts. In September 2016, Smith and Ladine got back in touch with each other about their respective efforts. Ladine wrote to Smith, wondering if you had some more detailed reports or memos or other data you could share because we have come a long way in our FO11 since we last visited. We would need as much technical discussion as possible so we could marry it against the new data we have found and then could share it back to you your eyes only. Ladine claimed to have obtained a trove of emails from what she described as the dark web that purported to be the deleted Clinton emails. Ladine wanted to authenticate the emails and solicited contributions to fund that effort. Eric Prince provided funding to hire a tech advisor to ascertain the authenticity of the emails. According to Prince, the tech advisor determined that the emails were not authentic. A backup of Smith's computer contained two files that had been downloaded from WikiLeaks and that were originally attached to emails received by John Podesta. The files on Smith's computer had creation dates of October 2, 2016, which was prior to the date of their release by WikiLeaks. 
Forensic examination, however, established that the creation date did not reflect when the files were downloaded to Smith's computer. LT appears the creation date was when WikiLeaks staged the document for release, as discussed in Volume 1, Section 111b.3. C. Supra the investigation did not otherwise identify evidence that Smith obtained the files before their release by WikiLeaks. Smith continued to send emails to an undisclosed recipient list about Clinton's deleted emails until shortly before the election. For example, on October 28, 2016, Smith wrote that there was a tug-of-war going on within WikiLeaks over its planned releases in the next few days, and that WikiLeaks has maintained that it will save its best revelations for last, under the theory this allows L. Ittle time for response prior to the U.S. election November 8. An attachment to the email claimed that WikiLeaks would release all 33k deleted emails by November 1st. No emails obtained. Smith drafted multiple emails stating or intimating that he was in contact with Russian hackers. For example, in one such email, Smith claimed that, in August 2016, KLS Research had organized meetings with parties who had access to the deleted Clinton emails, including parties with ties and affiliations to Russia. 286 The investigation did not identify evidence that any such meetings occurred. Associates and security experts who worked with Smith on the initiative did not believe that Smith was in contact with Russian hackers and were aware of no such connection. 287 The investigation did not establish that Smith was in contact with Russian hackers or that Smith, Ladine, or other individuals in touch with the Trump campaign ultimately obtained the deleted Clinton emails. In sum, the investigation established that the GRU hacked into email accounts of persons affiliated with the Clinton campaign, as well as the computers of the DNC and DCCC. The GRU then exfiltrated data related to the 2016 election from these accounts and computers, and disseminated that data through fictitious online personas DC Leaks and Guccifer 2.0 and later through WikiLeaks. The investigation also established that the Trump campaign displayed interest in the WikiLeaks releases and that redacted. If we are serious about rebuilding the American middle class, my view of democratic socialism builds on the success of many other countries around the world who have done a far better job than we have in protecting the needs of their working families, their elderly citizens, their children, their sick, their sick and their poor. This country has socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. It means building on what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said. When he fought for guaranteed economic rights for all Americans. American democracy. We need to develop a political movement which once again is prepared to take on and defeat a ruling class whose greed is destroying our nation. Democratic socialism means that we must reform a political system which is that we must create an economy that works for all, not just the very wealthy.
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.